Sorry about that. That's all right. I'm fired. Here, Dan's gonna take over. Come on, Dan. You want to take over? Oh, he's debating. <laughs> Dan, I think you turned like.
were away last week, obviously, I was, myself, my wife, Dane, and his wife, we went down to uh, Atlanta, Georgia, all right? Woo-hoo! And it was awesome. I'll tell you what, I, I, it was hard to come back to the burg. You know, the burg is so small compared to the big places. But we learned a new game. So I told you we're going to have a little bit of fun tonight, all right? So, um, Dane, why don't you come up and lead this game, all right? Yeah. Come on up, Dane. Seeing as he is the director of Straight Street, he knows how to play games. Right, we, we had a little fun. Some of you guys know what happened. But um, basically what it is, he, he explained two things. Yeah, and it, it's, you, could, you could do it on your own free time, but we're, we're going to do it here just pull, as an example. Pull a couple people up. Oh, I will. But uh, the, one, one, the first one he told us about, you guys could do this on your free time. It's called uh, Mexican Roulette. And if you ever go to a, to a Mexican restaurant, you know how everything's just numbered and it's pretty much, you know, every different combination possible. So you basically just go there and, and you know, if I was going out with Sean, uh, I wouldn't, we wouldn't look at the menu. And I would say, all right, Sean, I'm ordering number 17 for you, and, and he'd order for me. And it's kind of you, you have no idea what you're going to get. But uh, as they said, it's kind of all the same thing anyway. They just put different combinations together. But this game that, that, that we're going to play is um, it's called Phone Roulette. And I need, uh, a, I need a volunteer. Bring Steve Adams up. Steve Adams. Yeah, you have your phone? Donnie, you right. have your phone? I think... Do you have your phone? Does anyone want to volunteer? Yeah, you do. Come on up with your phone. What, well, Dan? Dan? Dan will be uh, good for it. Come here, Dan. Dan will be good for Dan, it. Dan, you'll be good. Bring your phone Dan, over. Dan, Dan. Dan, you don't know what you're volunteering to, though. That's right. Come on over. All right. You're a brave soul. All right. Hurry What's this for? That's just... Just my podium? On. Okay. That's right. All right. You could uh, have a seat, I guess. There you go. Give him your phone. Basically, yeah, I need your phone. You got to unlock it. And this is there's really no point to the game at all, other to make things like very, very awkward and, and just weird. And um, but that's that's always fun. So let, let's see. Let me. I have an iPhone, but I still don't know how to work it. Um, contacts, contacts. You can't back out of this, so. Alrighty, we'll, we'll get it. Here we go. You just set it right there. You'll be next in line. Where's your contact? Hang tight. At? Hang tight. Here we go. Alright, so so basically what it is, um, I'm just gonna go through your phone and you tell me when to hit stop. And then whoever my my uh, finger lands on, that's who we call. It doesn't matter. And then so so you, you have no idea who we're gonna call. And but, the but point you is you can't look at it. You you can't see who you're calling and you can't tell them why you're calling or ask who it is. Alright? Alright? You can't yeah, you can't back yeah. out of it. And you gotta now, go through this conversation without ready? asking who is this. You, so you can't ask who it is, you can't tell them why you're calling. Alright? Say, like, Oh yeah, yeah, how you, you doing? Just gotta like, you, you, the awkward situation when you accidentally call so, so just tell me when to stop, alright? And if they don't answer, we'll just call someone else. The first one landed on this chair and the secretary, so I just picked one on Oh, that would have been hilarious. You got to put up those ears. No!
it's Richard Goff. One more. Here we go. Tell me when. Tell me when. Tell me when. When? Listen, I'm not going to straight shoot this week for you. I don't know your own buddy. Donnie got a random call from Ken's daughter yesterday, so. <laughs> you did? Why did I do this? Nobody answers phones these days. They all text you right away. Jamie, you know Jamie. Is? <laughs> Who's that? All right, here we go. We'll try one more. Dang. Tell me when. One more. Here we go. We gotta go until we get someone. Tell me when. When? <laughs> Next, you have the. I don't want them to. That was an ignore. They, they definitely hit the ignore button right away on you. Here, here's here one more. We gotta get Dan. Tell me when, tell me when. You decide, just do it, do it. Right. Call, call yourself, how about that? No, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that, that's my work. No, I'm not even Don't call my Nothing. How are you? Um, good. How are you? Good. <laughs> what you been up to? Nothing. Okay. Did you brush his coal for something up there? about to die. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. how was how was your weekend? Oh yeah, I got it. But most of the people I don't even 
I don't care. But I hope you get something to do now to make you even better. Do you want to speak? Yes, I do. There it is, speak. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Did you, did you call this number? Seriously, did we just call? Oh gosh, no speaker on it. I mean, no speaker on it. I know I had speaker on this stupid crap. Whoa, dang. Speaker sucks, though. It's either that or Sharon. And start having a little bit of fun together, you know? I could just see Zach, phone, Zach Fields playing Russian, or no, phone roulette, not Russian roulette. <laughs> phone roulette. <laughs> Russian roulette would be really bad. <laughs> right, I could just see Zach Fields playing phone roulette, you know? Uh, a couple of you guys getting together. You know, going go to a Mexican restaurant, just, you know, order a number four. Just, just see what it is, you know? I don't think I've ever ordered beyond number five in a Mexican restaurant because I don't know what the rest of them are, you know? And if I don't have my glasses, I, I can't order nothing, you know, just say taco. But uh, we want to we just start, I want to encourage you guys to have, have some fun together, to, uh, to enjoy life together. Uh, sometimes, you know, we get, we get to thinking about church and it's all, all about the lessons and it's all about we're running and the music and this and that. And really, God wants us to do life together, right? He wants us to share life together and, uh, and to... To enjoy enjoy the journey together, one one of the things about the uh, about the disciples, you know, if you look in the New Testament, you see the disciples. Those guys shared life together. Um, I really loved looking at some of the some of the things. I really love looking at some of the things. You all right? You got one. Right. I I like looking at some of the things of the disciples. When you look at the disciples. You know, we, ha- we get this image sometimes uh, when we're just kind of catching a glimpse of the disciples that all they did was have work, that all they did was feed the 5,000 and, and hear a couple lessons. Uh, Jesus hung out with these guys, and, I mean, they lived life together. Um, if you look at uh, it was the book of Matthew, the, t- uh, the, the DVD version of the book of Matthew, you watch during the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus goes over and he takes... This water. Now, it's creative liberty that they added, but it's very, very true to like what could have happened. He, he goes over and he takes this water and he turns it upside down on Peter in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. Okay? Jonathan. I think it's probably the New International Version. Yeah, it's probably the New International Version. And, and, and it's really, really a good good thing to watch. And so as you go watch those things, sometimes you catch a little bit of that color. And I think often we're forgetting that, that here we are, we're living life together. We're, we're growing in Christ together. We are following Jesus together. Uh, some of the greatest memories that I have with some of my disciples was the time that, that, that we screwed up and had a lot of fun. 
just uh, you made made a lot of mistakes. You're laughing together. You, you you know you'll never forget. You'll never forget Dan Fritz. You know calling somebody he's never he can't remember. Right? You know I mean he's still not sure who he called tonight. You know but he's like okay <laughs> okay <laughs> all right so so I mean you'll never forget that. Uh, you know <clears throat> when we were in New York City and uh, I was in New York City and and we were you know I was out with Zach Fultz in New York City. I remember doing you went on that trip didn't you? Yeah, we, and we had a good time, and we were in New York City, and a guy come back to me, and he ripped up, he ripped up the tracks in front of me. You know, we were handing out gospel literature, and he ripped it up and threw it in my face. He said, you're one of them crazy Christians, aren't you? I said, I guess so. And, uh, you know, and, and, and so it was like we had, we had a scary moment together. Uh, we were in, in the Bronx, and a guy comes out with a chain. He's swinging a chain, yelling, Diablo, 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 which is Spanish for Satan. And, you know, I've got, I've got this group of of, uh, of teenagers right here in the middle, middle of the Bronx, and night falls upon us. It's like, hey, let's hurry up and get out of here. You know, Josh Watts, Shannon Watts, uh, Dan Freeze, Esther, all those guys that were with me, they will never forget that because those were some of the scariest moments of our life. They'll never forget some of the funniest moments of our life. Um, you know, I, I don't know how many lessons that they remember. I taught them hundreds of lessons. Literally, hundreds of lessons I taught those guys. But they remember the times that we shared together. And I want us to get to that point where we start to, to really share life together. Where we start to say, hey, you know what, this, this isn't all about the tents. This isn't all about going 1,000 a, a miles an hour. Yeah, we are going 1,000 miles an hour. But let's share life along the way. Um, you know, I have a lot of good memories with Dan Hayden. I mean, some of the funniest times that we've had in, in you know, Dan and I, Dan doesn't remember too many of my lessons. I don't even remember them. But Dan, you know, we, we remember, you know, I remember doing P90X at his house, or attempting P90X, I should say, at his house, you know. I, I remember, remember Dan coming out and, and fake playing a violin the very first time in one of our dinner theaters, you know. And it, it, it's, it's still one of the all-time greatest memories of the church, all right. And it's like, yeah, yeah. Did, did anybody remember the rest of the play? No, but we all remember Dan Hayden playing the, the fake violin, and, and uh, he was marching around like a uh, yeah yeah it was pretty cool though it was pretty cool you know so so what i want us to what i want to encourage you to do because discipleship discipleship is about relationships okay discipleship is not let's do 7 10 12 lessons and then we're done discipleship is a relationship you know like i have met with people and do, done one on one brandon and i met we did one on one discipleship well, discipleship doesn't end when the book is done. Let's continue to build this relationship. When we come in, you know, going out for lunch, going out, you know, poking people with pens in the middle of 724. I mean, you know, it's just all about relationships, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and that's where I, I want us to really get to. Be- before we move into this lesson, though, I want to show you this video. This is just another one of those moments. You, you just have to relax a little bit. And uh, this is two guys from Liberty University made this video. It's it's gone viral. Go ahead and kill the lights. Yeah. Want to see how animals eat their food? Watch closely.
How about like after Jesus left and the disciples had to carry that? Uh, um, you know, here's the 12 disciples. Jesus has died on the cross, came back to life, and he's gone. And now what? How, how did, and, the, and the rest of the Bible wasn't written yet. As a matter of fact, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John weren't even written yet. I want to throw out a thought to you here tonight. The disciples, the, the, they're carrying on a ministry that had not, had not been crystallized yet. They didn't have the, the written form of the Bible yet. And they were eyewitnesses. They were the eyewitnesses to this event. And they carried on and they took on a message of something that changed their lives. And what was, what was the fact that changed their lives? What's that? Yeah, they saw Jesus rise. I mean, if you're going to compare Jesus turned the water into wine or he rose from the dead, which one are you going to talk about? Yeah? I mean, obviously, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they talk about all of them. You know, I mean, you go back and they give an account of all that. But which, what, what is going to be the life-changing message? Jesus rose from the dead. I'm going down on the airplane uh, uh, to Atlanta. And um, poor Lindsay, she was scared to death. I felt so bad for her. So I surrendered my seat and let her husband sit by her. And I'm sitting across the aisle from them with these, these older people. They're like, in, what are they married, 51 years or something like that? And, uh, of course, they're giving us, like, marital advice, how to stay married that long. You know, it's like, you know, just don't talk. No, I'm just kidding. But they, they, they were giving us good marriage advice and this and that. And then they started asking me about the Bible. They said, did you watch the Bible program on TV? I said, yeah, it was really awesome. So I had, like, an hour and 20 minutes to talk to these people. And they started bringing up all this discussion. It was really good because I, I don't enjoy flying either. And it got my mind off of flying. We we're talking about the things of God. And so they started talking about it. And, and we go through all this. I'm like, yeah, Jesus rose from the dead. And, and, and he's really into it. He's really excited. He's having a good conversation. He says, but I have one problem. I think the Bible has a lot of problems. And he went through all the, the things of the Bible. And he said, the Bible has this and that. And I said, well, you know what? Those are all good questions. And by the way, there's not a bad question. If you have a question, it's a question. And that's what we do. We, that's how we find the answers. And so I told him there wasn't a bad, a, a bad question there. And so that he could email me and I needed more time to address those issues. I said, but the bottom line is this. This guy rose from the dead. He says, well, what's the difference between Christianity and Buddhism and Muslim and all these? I said, you know what? There's a whole lot I could go on. But I'm going to tell you this. This guy rose from the dead. And he just looked at me and he goes, never thought of it like that. I said, as a matter of fact, if you find a religion where there's a guy who rose from the dead and never died again, I'll consider following him. And he goes, you would? I said, yeah, that's why I'm following this man, Jesus. Not because the Bible and this and da, 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 da. Yeah, the Bible is my, my I, I trust the Bible. The Bible is my lifeline. But it's because Jesus is alive. He rose from the dead. And you see, what this was, this was there was an attraction I wasn't, like, beating this guy up on a plane. I wasn't, like, going at it with him over what he believed or what we didn't believe and all the differences. Because all those differences are there. 
until he comes to understand that Jesus rose from the dead and he begins to put his faith in Christ, he's not, he, we, we can't move anywhere. So tonight I want to give you a couple thoughts here about how that we can be um, attractive Christians. How can we be attractive in Christ, all right? So the, the, uh, the verse that I'm moving here tonight on is uh, Galatians chapter Galatians chapter 5, all right? I'm just going to read a few verses from here to get us started. For freedom, for freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm. This is Galatians 5.1. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. Look, I, Paul, say to you that if you accept circumcision, Christ will be of no advantage to you. I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision that he is obligated to keep the whole law. You are severed from Christ, you who would be justified by the law. You have fallen away from grace. Look how he says that you're falling away from grace. By circumcision and trying to keep the law. You have fallen away from grace. You are served, uh, you are severed from Christ, you will be justified by the law, and you have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit, by faith, we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. You were running well. Who hindered, uh, who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion is not from him who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. I have confidence in the Lord that you will take no other uh, view than mine. And the one who is troubling you will bear the penalty, whoever he is. It's talking about these people that are, are pervading this thought that if they want, if, if these Gentiles would get circumcised, that they would be more spiritual. Okay? That's not what, and the Apostle Paul says, look, this guy, this is not good, what he's saying here. He says, I have confidence in the Lord that you will take no other view than this. And the one who is troubling you will bear the penalty, whoever he is. But if I, brothers, still preach circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been removed. I wish those who unsettle you would emasculate themselves. That's pretty strong language from the, from the Apostle Paul. I wish that those people who are telling you that you've got to do this crazy act would just do it themselves. Now, emasculate, you, you understand that word. Okay? It's bad. It's not good. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. Tonight I'm going to give you just a couple thoughts here, okay? Um, I put an, an attraction number one is to be a slave to the law. To be a slave to the law. This is just totally unattractive. This is, Jesus did not die on the cross so that you would be a slave to the law. Okay? The Ten Commandments. You know what the Ten Commandments are. Okay? Should, am I telling you by saying that you're not a slave to the law that you're not supposed to obey the Ten Commandments? No. I'm telling you, don't be a slave to the law. And by the law, there are so many other things. You know, you, they have the list of the Ten Commandments. If you look through the, what the Jews did, they added so many other rules and regulations and this and that. Uh, the Pharisees had this big thing about the whole, the whole thing about, you know, the Sabbath. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy? It was to be a day of rest. Okay? 
Okay, so they had that, and it was like if, they, if, if somebody walked across the grass, they cited them for illegal activity, basically, because they could have harvested the grass when they walked across it. Okay, so they took something that God put there, and they took it and exaggerated it, and they destroyed it, and they destroyed people. So we're not to be a slave under the law. Galatians 5.1, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened against by a yoke of slavery. So God, doesn't, God did not save us for us to be slaves to a law, to slaves to, you know, do this, don't do that. Okay? And I'm not telling you not to do things or to not do things or whatever. Okay? I'm not talking about that. Those are things that you have to work through. But the, the teaching here that, that the Apostle Paul is saying is, that, look, this, what did Jesus say about his yoke? What did Jesus say? Everybody know what Jesus said about his yoke? What did he say? It's light. What does, what does Galatians 5.1 say? Don't be burdened against a yoke of what? Slavery. The law becomes a slave. You know what? If I get up this morning and I think about, oh, that I obey the Ten Commandments today. Oh, you know what? That is so heavy. I can't do that. I get up in the morning and I take on the yoke of God. I say, all right, Lord, I'm here to serve you today. Oh, I, I probably did screw up a little bit yesterday, God. And that's why he has forgiveness. And I get forgiven and I go. And it's so exciting. So he says that we are not to be under the law, bondage to the law. Number two, another unattraction is to be a slave to the flesh. To be a slave to the flesh. The flesh is our sinful nature, okay? We were all born with this nature. Psalm 51.5 says, Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time that my mother conceived me. So Psalm 51.5 is telling us that we have a sinful nature. We have to deal with a sinful nature. And he is telling us here, he's saying, look, don't be a slave to the law, but on the other hand, don't be a slave to the flesh. Galatians 5.13, you, my brothers, were called to be free. Do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Okay, so you know, there, there's one hand, a guy's following a list of rules, all right, do's and don'ts from walking on the grass on the Sabbath day. And he goes to the other guy who says, all right, I'm just doing whatever I want and I'm just living. He says, no, you don't have the right for self-indulgence. The result there, and you're filling the blank, is self-indulgence. Self-indulgence. Man, God doesn't want us to be just living our life for ourselves. You know, when, you, when God saved you, he didn't save you so that you could be happy. That's part of the deal. You will be happy, I believe that. I'm following Christ, and I have had the greatest joy in my life. Every day is a new day with God, and each day gets better and better. But there comes a point where you've got to realize that God didn't save me for myself. He saved me for himself. And I'm saved unto good works for him. And I'm to honor and glorify him. So your life, you're to honor and glorify God with your life. You're to, you're to respond and, and let, let his love shine through you. Um, freedom in Christ doesn't mean that we can do whatever we want to do. Uh, what shall we then say? Romans 6 says this. What shall we then say? Shall we go on sinning that grace may increase? By no means. We died to sin. How can we live in sin any longer? All right, so... So believers constantly struggle with this. This is the struggle that believers go through. We are going to sin, and then we're not going to sin. And then we're going to sin, and then we're not going to sin. Till the day you die, you're going to have the struggle. The Apostle Paul went through that. Uh, go to the book of Romans, chapter 7. The Apostle Paul says, the good that I want to do, I don't. And, and, the, and the bad things that I, you know, no, I'm sorry, I got that wrong. The good that I want to do, I don't do. But the bad that I don't want to do, I end up doing. 
And it's because he's, he's dealing with it. Now, I, I have areas in my life like that. So do you that, that we have to work through. Number three tonight, though, is this. I want you to catch this. There's another slave in this chapter, and it says to be a slave to one another. Rather serve one another, okay? Galatians 5, 13. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. One of the greatest attractions for people to come to Christ is the one another's. It's the one another's. What am I doing for you? What are you doing for me? There's this one another. That's called a family. Did you ever notice? That's how families operate. When I come into my house, you know, if it's just mommy and daddy that are doing all the work, the kids turn out to be spoiled little brats, you know? Maybe some of you were one of them. I don't know, okay? But, you know, if, if mommy and daddy, if you never did your laundry till you graduated from high school, there's a problem there, okay? That means there's not a one another. It was mommy, 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 you know? Um, if, if, you, if you never filled out your own, you know, paperwork for school, you know, that this, this, was, this was not good, right? We're a slave to one another. Um, in, in, in our house today, my wife and I, guess what? I serve my wife and my wife serves me. I serve my children and my children serve me. My children serve my wife, okay? That's what a family does. And somehow we've got this thing all screwed up because in America, we don't even know what a family is anymore. We get this idea that a family is, you know, whatever you see on TV. You know, when, when I was a kid, you saw normal families that were modeled, you know. And then it, they got to be not so normal. And then it got to be like my family. And I grew up and my family was divorced. My parents divorced and I had a lot of pain, a lot of misery as I was going through all this stuff. So, what's that? Yeah, but th that's a whole other thought. That's a good thought, but just another thought. But in, in, in our context tonight, we're talking about how does a family operate. And so we, we had, you know, the, I remember one of, the, one of the coolest families I thought on TV was the Huxtables. Anybody remember the Huxtables? You know, I thought they were, they, were, they were just a fun family, you know. And it was like, you know, of course you get on the way that they acted towards each other, blah, blah. But at least they were together. It was a you know, mom and a dad and the kids, and it was, it was a family, unlike married with children, you know, married with children is not the model family, you know, you, you're going to look and say, oh, he's going to treat his wife like, I mean, that, by the way, it's a perverted show, but I mean, it just was not, not what you're looking for. The, this verse here in, in Galatians 5.13, the word that's translated in, um, to serve one another is also, can also be translated enslaved by. In other words, Serve or be enslaved to one another in love. Be slaves to one another in love. So this is the job of the church as, as, as the family of God. Our 724 group, guess what our job is to do now? It's not to come and get a good Bible lesson every week. I hope that we do give good Bible lessons. By the way, Sean, you did a good job last week. I heard good things, good things, all right? But the goal of the church is bigger than coming and getting a good Bible lesson. Because you can go and watch that on the internet. You can get a good Bible lesson anytime you want. Okay? You, okay? But you're supposed to come here tonight and you're supposed to interact and serve one another. So how do I serve one another? How do I interact with other people? Well, service flows out of love. 
Okay, the first, uh, first one there is service flows out of love. The result is service, okay? Let's look there. Service flow. Um, I'm all over my notes here. I'm sorry. Number three, as a slave to one another, and then the result is service, okay? Rather serve one another in love. Serve one another in love. Service flows out of love. You know, when I serve my kids out of duty, it's not too happy. It's not what God's talking about here. You know, sometimes there is just plain duty like they were at the all-nighter and we had to get up at 6 in the morning to get our kids from the all-nighter, you know. That's one of those duty moments. It's like, oh, yeah, I guess I'll go up. I hope they had a good time, you know. Um, that is, that's a duty moment, all right. But the, the, the love moments, I'm supposed to serve out of love. You in, in the body of Christ here, you know, I'm supposed to serve Zach in love. How do I love Zach? Better yet, how does Zach love me? I mean, you know, oh, you know how, how do you love this old man, you know? So th- this is, there, there's a family atmosphere. And what do we do in families? We accept each other. That's what a family does. I accept you for who you are, and you accept me for who I am. We are the family of God. You know what the family of God is? It's a bunch of imperfect people trying to get on the road together. That's it. We're a bunch of imperfect people trying to follow God. Look at the disciples. You want to talk about a bunch of imperfect people? What did Peter do? Peter said, I'll never deny you, Lord. What did he do? He goes out and denies him three times. I like what Andy Stanley said when we showed him here a few weeks ago. He said that he was humiliated by a middle school girl. Yeah. He couldn't even stand up before a little child and say, yeah, I'm, I'm a follower of Christ. What have you done that would be worse than that? Nothing. None of us. I can accept every one of you, and you can accept every one of you, and you can even accept me. All right? Service was demonstrated by Jesus. Service was demonstrated by Jesus. Who loved me and gave himself for me? Galatians 2.20. Who, it was him, it was Jesus who loved us and gave himself for me. Uh, the verse before there, for service flows out of love. The entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. How do you love yourself? Vern, how do you love yourself? Do you love yourself? You have your days, okay? Okay, you have your days, you know. I, I, um, Dane, do you love yourself? Yeah, yeah. I know you love your wife because you're always talking about her. And, you know, but, yeah. Brandon, do you love yourself at all? But let's look at what Jesus did. Yeah, I mean, do, I'm asking you, not the culture, I'm asking you, do you love yourself? brush your teeth this morning? Mm-hmm. And you love yourself. So if so you could care for somebody without loving them? That's an interesting statement. We'll have to go four hours on that one. <laughs> All right? I know where you're coming from there. I know where you're coming from. I'm just trying to get the group together here. All right? But, but listen, I want you to think about this. Every one of you, you know, when your hair gets too long, what do you do? What do you do? You get a haircut. When you're hungry, what do you do? You eat. 
When you stink, what do you do? Maybe, maybe that's how you care for your wife more. You brush your teeth because you care for your wife, you know? All right? But I, I want you to catch this. That he says to love your neighbor as yourself. I, hang on. I, I just need to keep going, all right? I'm going to hold off the questions, all right? That's cool. That's cool. We'll, we'll talk more later, all right? But, yeah, it's okay. But I, I want you to think tonight with me about this. To love your neighbor as yourself. These are the words. These are the words of Jesus, right? To love your neighbor as yourself. How do you love yourself? And I think, Brandon, you brought up a good point. Uh, I can only love myself because I'm a Christian. The point I was getting is if we worry so much about loving ourselves, some people say, well, how do I love my neighbor when I can't even love myself? You end up, in a, you end up stuck in yourself. Right, right, right. But, I, I, but, but here's, the, here's the point I'm trying to go at here tonight. I want you to think about this. And I just wanted to clarify that. But listen, loving yourself is not bad, folks. You know, I know so many Christians that go around, woe is me. You know? They're like going up, hey, Josh, you did really good on the drums today. It wasn't me. It was all the Lord. Really? I thought I saw you up there, Josh. Somebody come up to me after I spoke a few weeks ago and said, hey, you did a really good job. It wasn't me. It was the Lord. No. It's okay. It's okay to receive a compliment. Now, if I go around and say, if I come to you and say, hey, Dane, didn't I do really good on Sunday? I said, Dane, I was really smacking it out of the ballpark. And people were eating out of the palm of my hand. First of all, I know I was lying. Okay. Number two, he would say, you're prideful. Do you see the difference? So somebody comes to you and says, you know, Dan, hey, you did pretty good up there. It's like, no, it was the Lord. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the, Lord, the Lord doesn't screw up on verse 2, you know. Right? Yeah. right? I, I, they know when I'm singing it ain't the Lord. I'll tell you that much. You know, nobody's ever said to me when I'm singing that was the Lord, you know. Um, nobody's ever said to me when I'm singing it was good. So, <clears throat> you know, there's, there's, there's never been a compliment. But what I want you to catch is this. It is okay for you to love yourself as long as we are loving our neighbor. Do you understand that, and, and this is all in perspective here, like Brandon was saying, self-love is not the first. It's God loves me. And I can love myself because God loved me. That's the only way I can do this. And so once you start catching this, the, the law is summarized in this. The entire law. Love God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind, and to love your neighbor as yourself. If we didn't love ourselves, Jesus would have never used it as an example to teach us how to care for people. So whenever I go to my family gathering and I got my sister that I don't get along with, I got to love her like I love myself. I ain't brushing her teeth. I'm sorry. Okay? But I can love her. Like I love myself. When I come into the body of Christ here, and there is a group of people here, and it's like, you know what? This person has this personality. This person has that personality. You know what? Let me let you in on a little, little secret. God didn't make anybody else like you. There's nobody else like you. There may be a few people that you may be more compatible with, but guess what? If you don't like me, too bad. If you're going to heaven, you're stuck with me in heaven. 
Okay? Now, you'll have the glorified Ken Barner. I imagine a six-pack, full head of hair. Okay? That will be the glorified Ken Barner. But guess what? In the meantime, God wants us to treat each other with love. And this is, this is what was attractive about the early church. You know how I know was, this was attractive about the early church? Because Jesus himself said in John, in the book of John, in my notes somewhere, okay? Jesus said in John 13, 35, he said, This is how all men will know that you're my disciples, by your love one for another. That, he didn't say, they'll know you're my disciples because you can quote my scripture. He didn't say, they'll know my, you're my disciples because of the, 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 the. He said, by your love, one for another. Do you, do you understand that this is the difference between this organization called the church and your job? You know? How many people would say, I have plenty of people at my work that don't treat me, that don't love me the way they love themselves? You know? You know? You would definitely say that. You know? Some of you say, well, I know plenty of people at work that are full of themselves, okay? I'm not talking about being full of yourself. And Jesus, when he said this, to love your neighbor as yourself, he's not talking, he's not saying, hey, become a prideful person. He's saying, look, you care for yourself. You get up, you shower every day, you make sure you're fed. You, you, you are a human being who cares for yourself. Be a human being who cares for the, for the body of Christ. This is so powerful. This is so powerful. Um, the, the guy who asked that question of Jesus in, over there, you know, he said, and who is my neighbor, by the way? And he went in and told him the parable of the Good Samaritan. And basically your neighbor is whoever you run into. So how am I to treat the lost people? I'm to love them. How am I to treat you? I'm to love you. How are you to treat me? How are you to treat people that are unlovely? Oh, it's all cool when we're all getting together. And we have, you know, but whenever all of a sudden the unlovely happens, I'm supposed to love them as well. I'm supposed to do this. This is, this is where God's taking us. Um, let's see on my paper here. All right. Service is energized by the Spirit. Jesus, Jesus was the demonstrator, and service is energized by the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. This is the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Let me read it to you. Galatians 5, chap, uh, chapter 5, verse 22 here, all right? Um, this is the fruit of God's Spirit in your life. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and, and desires. If we live by the Spirit, we also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. This is what God's called us to do. God's called us. And listen, fruit. By the way, how long does it take to make fruit? What's that? Less than five minutes to make fruit. How do you make fruit? <laughs> All right, think about it. Dad, how, how long does it take you to make an apple? I want to see how you grow an apple tree in five minutes, all right? <laughs> I know what you're saying, Tim. I'm having fun with you. I'm, I'm getting everybody all awake tonight, yeah? It's kind of nice because, you know, when, when, we, when we go through the standard things, it's like, okay, uh-huh, uh-huh. But now at least you know I'm listening to you, you know what I mean? It's like, okay, Pastor Ken's awake tonight. He's, he's with us, you know? All right? Dan, if I, if I want to grow an apple, how, what does it take to grow an apple? Okay. 
How long till I see the first apple? Maybe years? You know? How about after the tree's already established and, and, and we have the harvest, the apple falls? When do I see the next apple come out? Next season. And this is what I want you to be, be having patience with one another, encouraging one another, because, listen, this is the fruit of the Spirit is love. And somebody come up to you and say, well, I didn't see any love in you tonight. Well, because the fruit is growing. It's joy. It's peace. And if you get on each other and you're, you're encouraging on each other, there's encouragement, and then there's watering. How do we water? What do we do to water the fruit? How do I water fruit? Lexi, how do I water fruit? Like real fruit, not biblical fruit. Real fruit. <laughs> yeah, that's it. You get some water and you pour it on. Huh? Did, you ever, did you guys ever hear the story of the kid who was in Sunday school class? And his teacher was, you know, talking about Zacchaeus and the whole story. And then the teacher kind of noticed that the kids really weren't paying attention. And so the teacher says, all right, my next question. You know, he asked, you know, who was the little man and this and that, blah, blah, blah. And he says, the next question, was brown, has four legs, big bushy tail, and likes to eat nuts. And the little kid raises his hand and goes, Jesus. <laughs> Scared to death. You know? It's a squirrel, you know. All right? But so we water. We water the tree. We give good soil. We do what it takes. And guess what? Eventually the tree grows. And the same is true of your life tonight. Here's how that you produce this, all right? There's a conflict. Galatians 5, 16, 17, 5, 16, 17 says there's a conflict conflict between the flesh and the spirit. Galatians 5.15. Why is it so important to serve one another? Because in Galatians 5.15 it says this. Consider this. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out. You'll be destroyed by each other. This was in the context. There was false doctrine coming out. False doctrine was you had to be circumcised to be more spiritual. You had to be circumcised if you weren't a real Christian. You know, them Gentiles. They just don't get it because when, you know, but us Jews were right because they did it to me when I was two years old and I don't remember it. But, you know, but here comes Dan Hayden at 30 years old and he's going to get, he, if he's going to follow Christ, you better go down, you know, just deal with it, you know. And, and what, and, and do you see what happened here? What were they doing? They were tying, they were tying grace bound to a deed. And God says, my grace is not bound to any deed. And I want you to catch that tonight. When Jesus died on the cross, it was his grace alone. You can receive it by faith, but your works do not get you to heaven. Your works have never gotten you to heaven. And somehow we get into this mentality that, man, if I'm a better person. You know, if you're a better person, that's good. It's what God wants us to be. But if you're not a better person, maybe the fruit's taking longer in your life. So tonight, I want to encourage each one of you. I want you to walk in the Spirit. I want you to keep growing in Christ. I want you to make decisions. I want you to look at your, at your life, evaluate your life. Listen, if there's a war going on in your life tonight between the Spirit and the flesh, let the Spirit win. Let the Spirit win. Don't, don't keep pacifying yourself that, that this is going to be okay. Let the Spirit win. Make the decisions for God. But in the meantime, guess what we're to do? To love one another. I want you to look around tonight. There's a lot of empty seats in here. 
was asking somebody this the other day. I said, if somebody's not here, do we call them? I mean, not just call and say, hey, I haven't seen you at 724 lately. Are you okay? How about, yeah, 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 yeah. Like we just did on a cell phone delay, you know? But do we call them and we say, hey, you know, we're having wings next Tuesday. You want to go out? You want to go get some wings? Hey, we're, 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 we're just, we're all hanging out. We're, we're, we're playing phone roulette. You know? Hey, we're doing this. We're doing that. And include people. And I want you to start looking around because this is the next level of our group is to actually flesh these things out. Some of you know these things, and a lot of our group knows these things. But what the Bible says, he says, blessed is those who do these things. Happy are you if you do these things, right? Let's just close in prayer. Father God, I thank you for this time. I pray your blessing upon this group. I thank you that you will continue to be with everyone in this group, Lord. Thank you for our young adult ministry and how that they are caring for one another. Lord, I pray that for those that aren't here tonight, Lord, I pray that you will help us as a group to, uh, to be more connected one to another. Lord, to be so much more than just about our routine that we do at church and to, and to let the love one another, to, to really be a slave to one another. God, as we think about that, being a slave to each other is huge. God, I don't see that in our church. I don't see it in, in the church in America at all. God, we can start here with our little group, but I ask that you will allow us to have eyes that care, hearts that care, time to spend with one another, time to pursue one another. Thank you, Lord. Pray that you'll help us to, as we work on the one another. In your name we pray. Amen.